Hey everybody, welcome to episode 113, 113 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week, we talk about using or reading a map, a skill you should always have in your back pocket. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email, you can do so to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can do so on BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Metal Detecting. And if you'd like to join the Patreon, you can do so too at Patreon.com forward slash Metal Detecting also. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, I hope you had a great week this week and got out detecting at least once. I got out once myself with the legend, gave it a shot on a beach about 60 kilometers away from me. Had a good day detecting. I'll get on to some first impressions about the legend there in a second, but some housekeeping first. You may have noticed some ads coming in on the podcast directly from Buzzsprout, which is my host. I've clicked the add ads tick box to the settings of the podcast just to see would it yield any results. To be honest, I'm not sure it's worth the effort right now based on the results I'm receiving. So listen, it's hit and miss. I'll give it a shot. The plan is to to leave it run for a month and let's see what happens. But yeah, let me know if you're okay with it or not okay with it. I'm on the fence either way. In relation to the Patreons, I've put a message out onto all my Patreons there. I'm looking for your t-shirt size. I've sent out a few t-shirts already. If you are a Patreon, just double check your Patreon inbox for a message around your t-shirt size. And I want to get those out to you as soon as possible. Um, Yeah, so back to using the legend. I'm very similar to the Knox guys. I still haven't read the manual. After one hunt, you know, it's very similar to the Knox. It's a little bit heavier. Coming from the Knox to the legend takes a little bit of getting used to it. But I'm committed and I'm going to keep going with it for the next couple of months just so I can learn the detector. But yeah, first impressions are still good. Quite a successful hunt. Some old, some new, mostly modern coinage clad. You very easily identify clad coins, modern coins with it on the beach. No chatter on the beach at all. Now this coming from the simplex, which was like an old Morris Code signal station. It, the legend is very quiet on the beach. Headphones are excellent as well. So far, so far, so good. I haven't, there's been no little niggles, maybe a slight niggle, a little wobble on the end of the shaft, which is only a very minor thing. But yeah, listen, like I said, I'm going to keep blasting away with the legend for the next couple of months and I'll come back then with a full and proper review for you guys. As you may have heard at the start of the podcast, this week we're going to be talking about using or reading a map. How did I come up with this idea? Well, as you know, I've done a bit of traveling over summer holidays around Europe and I didn't bring an inbuilt GPS. My my van doesn't have an inbuilt GPS and I didn't bring an external GPS to get me around Europe. I relied on Google Maps, an app called Sigic and Waze. I think everybody knows Waze and they were all terrible. And several times we had to rely on the good old roadmap, take it out to figure out where we were going and how to get there. It was then I made note that this would be a good episode to talk about how to read a map. If you're in the hobby a long time, you would know 
maps are key to research. We love sticking our faces in a map and imagining where there was potential hotspots of people over the last couple of hundred years. But I'm not sure many of us know actually how to read a map and, and what to do with it. So that's what I'm going to try to cover this week. It's kind of a visual thing to explain to somebody how to read a map. So I'm going to do my best to portray this using audio only. So let's get started. What is map reading? Well, I suppose map reading is interpreting geographic information that's portrayed on a map and informing a mental picture of that map in your physical world around you. So realistically, reading the map is just processing the information on the map and extrapolating it to your physical environment around you. If you think about it, before there was any satellites, the world was mapped using a sextant and a guy's physically trundling and traveling the world, measuring the distances between areas of note, tops of mountains and, and bits and bobs, and, and extrapolating a, a physical map from that information. So there is a high degree of error in those maps because, you know, realistically, it's down to margin of error of how well they read the, the sextant and extrapolated that onto the map. You know what I'm trying to say. So, but these days, with the advent of GPS, maps have got way more accurate and contain a lot more information. And some of that information, you know, is very important in helping you read the map. So you've got the title. Obviously, the title of the map is super important. You know, the title pretty much indicates where you are looking at in the map. Might not be where you actually are. So you want to make sure you actually have the right map for where you are or where you're going. There's other information like the scale. You can have a bar scale, which is a graphical format of bar length equals the real world units indicated on the bar. So a bar length may be, if you can imagine, a, a black bar on the edge of the map, and that might be one centimeter long or one inch long, and that equals five kilometers or five miles on the map. So you know the scale is one inch to five miles or whatever. And then there's verbals, which is actually what I just said, one inch to 100. So there'll actually be a verbal indication and it will actually say one inch equals 100 feet. Both were used on all maps. So going back to the 1500s, so pretty consistent in the, the scale piece. The only, the only issue maybe, like I said, in the older maps, the scale might be a little bit inaccurate. And then there's another way. Uh, it's called representative fraction. That is, say, for example... It might be 1 to 100, and that implies one unit on the map equals 100 of the same units on the ground. Now, it wouldn't realistically be 1 to 100. It's normally 1 to 24,000 or 1 to 1,200, for example. And this brings us into the sort of scale aspect of the map. So you've got large scale versus small scale. A small scale map covers a larger area. So when you're looking at the map of the world, that's a small scale map. A large-scale map covers a smaller area and carries far more detail. And in the main, as a metal detectorist, you're going to be trying to use a large-scale map that covers a smaller area. And then most maps have a locator map. This is a picture or a pictogram of the relative location of your map in relation to the larger area. Say, for example, if you were in the US, your large-scale map will have a pictogram on it or a picture on it of where that map sits in relation to a smaller scale map, for example. So in like I said, in the States, you may have a large scale map of your county. However, you that 
map will have a pictogram of the whole state and where that county is situated in the whole of the state. So maps generally include a key also to any and all symbols used on the map, such as roads, bogs, bridges, churches, big X's to mark treasure, you know the story. And those keys and symbols may be unique to your locality, and but they're all there on the map for you to understand and read. Let's get on to the actual activity of reading the map. And the first thing you need to consider is map orientation. This is the most important aspect of map reading. And to do this, you need to know the cardinal directions, obviously. So north, south, east, west, that's the cardinal directions. Most maps orientate so that the north is the top of the map. A highly detailed map might include geographic north or GN and magnetic north MN. Both are very different, but we'll get into that later. Not all maps point north. Maps in the Middle Ages tended to point to east towards Jerusalem, I think. However, north is normally used and indicated with an arrow pointing in the map direction of north. So to use a map, you need to know the map orientation, but you also need to understand how a compass works. Now, I'm going to talk about a proper map reading compass, not your phone compass or a fob compass. I'm assuming you understand what I mean by a proper map reading compass, the type of compass you would have got at the Scouts. Perspex clear base with an adjustable ring. I'll get into that in a second. But you know the type on the string. If you ever did orienteering, you'll know what I mean. But yeah, I think it's probably sensible to break it down by its parts. So you've got the base plate, which is the clear Perspex or acrylic plate that the compass sits on. We've got the compass housing, which sits on top of it. This can be adjusted, turning north, south, east and west. You have the magnetic needle, which sits inside the compass housing, which floats on a pin, sometimes in oil. And generally, it's red for north at the tip of the needle. You've got orientating compass lines sitting at the bottom of the compass housing inside underneath the needle. So when you rotate these compass lines, these adjust as well. You have an orientating arrow which you generally point in the direction you're traveling. You have an index line, direction of travel, and map scales, some map scales that correlate to certain standards of, of map scales. So I did mention magnetic north earlier, right? But before we get into using the compass, I probably should address magnetic north and geographic north. The only time the differences between magnetic north and geographic north come into play is when you're on a longer trip. The greater the distance you're traveling from point A to point B, you may need to adjust by five degrees on your compass. You just do that by turning your compass housing clockwise. There's documentation out there on how to do that. Now, please don't be using the podcast and how to read a map and use a compass for your main source of information on how to do this. If you're traveling across the Atlantic Ocean, one man in a boat type of situation, really go off and do a course on how to read a map, because that's the type of situation you will need to adjust for a magnetic north. If you're walking some trail down through the States, thousands of miles, that's what you're talking about. Really, I'm only talking about using large scale maps, so maps that cover a small relative area. You don't need to worry about magnetic north. Anyways. Back to how to use a compass and figuring out which way to do I go, right? So you have your map. You have your arrow on the map that points to north. Obviously, you point that map in, in its northerly direction. Right? You can find out where north is by using your compass, obviously, because it points to north. The first step you have to do when using a map to dictate which direction to go is actually to find yourself on the map. Now, I'm not talking about exactly 
can be in a general vicinity of an area you're not going to know exactly to the nearest foot using a map like this to where you are. Now, you might be if you're super brilliant at this and you have a super large scale map. Right, so find the general area where you are on the map, right? That's point A. Find your destination where you want to go. That'll be point B. What you do then is take your compass, line up the base plate edge between points A and B. Sometimes you can draw a line on it. You might be able to draw a line if you have a white people's surface or you want to put a pencil on it, that's fine. But essentially do that. So then you rotate the compass housing so that the parallel lines inside line up with the map grid. In, not exactly line up as in line up on top, but that, are, that they are parallel to the lines on the map. These grid lines are generally lined up north to south and south to north, same thing. So essentially turn your compass housing so that the parallel lines inside align with the map grid. Then you take your compass and map, place close to your body and rotate yourself where you stand until the north, the red end of the needle aligns with the north on the compass housing. So you've adjusted your compass housing to align to the map and now you're adjusting yourself to align to the compass housing. Now follow your direction line, which is indicated with an arrow on, on your compass generally. Pick a point in the distance and start moving till you reach that point. So essentially you're, you're adjusting yourself. You're looking, okay, the direction of travel. You see, okay, there's a mountain there. There's a hill there. There's something unique there, a church there. That's the direction I need to go to follow, to follow the route between points A and B. So you make your way towards that point, that church, the hill, whatever. And then you repeat the step again till you get to your destination, point B. You might have to do it 10 times. You might only have to do it once. But generally, that's how you do it. When using old maps, understand that distance and scale won't be accurate. So when treasure hunting or metal detecting, overlaying an old map onto a modern map is advised. And in fact, many services such as the USGS in the US which is the equivalent of the Ordnance Survey in the UK and Ireland, I think, will do this. They do this by using web plugins for you, allowing you to print off any map you need for a fee, of course. You can do this, of course, for yourself. If you're a long-time listener, you'd know from one of my earlier episodes, I did talk about Google Earth. You can use Google Earth to do this. And, of course, you can use Google Earth to overlay other information, like LiDAR information, topographical information, crop information there's an abundance of information out there that you could lay on top of a modern map using google earth using lidar information will allow you to see was there any indication of civilization in an area or a little village or a little house in the area any indication of population really in the area and you can use this all together with google earth however you have to take what you learn from google earth out onto the field extrapolate it onto a real map and then use your map reading skills to get you to that point. Now, I know everybody's going to say, you know what, Kieran? I have a GPS, which is built into my phone. I can download the maps. I can just walk my ass over there and be a blue dot represented exactly on the spot. That may be the case. But if you're planning on doing a two, three day hike across some state in the wilderness, I would not be wanting to rely on my mobile phone's ability to pick up GPS, its ability to hold battery and maintain some signal strength. Realistically, you want to be keeping your mobile phone for emergencies when you when you actually really do need it. Anyways, 
don't be soft. Learn how to read a map. If you really want to get into it and really be skilled at it, there's nothing like the sport of orienteering or even hill climbing, really, for that matter. But orienteering is map reading in the extreme. It's a race. It's a race for you to get from point A to point B using only a map and a compass. Believe me, you do a couple of races orienteering, you will be able to read a map. Great fun. Get out there, do it. But it's a transferable skill that you can use when metal detecting or treasure hunting. And that's it for this week, guys. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out the website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out the Patreon page. Check out the Buy Me A Coffee page, all with forward slash metal detecting. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, use your compass, good luck and happy hunting. <laughs>